0: How we doing? Good. Uh, love the songs that we sang tonight. The, the result of the gospel, the result of being the wrath of God being poured out on Jesus. Um, it's finished. I'm rescued. Jesus is righteousness in me. I am cleansed. And that's kind of fitting with what we're going to be talking about tonight. But before we do that, let's go to Jesus one more time. And let's ask him to speak volumes through his word. Um, let's ask him to, to, to change us, to do some things in our hearts, because only he knows our hearts, only he sees the inside, and only he can change a life from the inside out. So let's go to him. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for th- where your holiness and your love met in a beautiful display of grace, where the justice of God was poured out on the sinless, spotless Lamb of God so that we could be restored, so that we could enter into relationship so that we could come back to relationship with God almighty. Thank you Father for initiating the rescue plan. Thank you Jesus for being the willing suffering servant that took my grief, my pain, my shame, my guilt and bore it on the cross. But Father, help us to move past, help us to move past the cross as we still stand in its shadow to realize that life resurrected was the purpose of the cross. So tonight, Lord, as we open your word, we ask that you would breathe through the Spirit of God in the hearts of men. We ask that you would take scales off of eyes. We ask that you would continue to raise the dead, continue to speak the truth to those that are deceived in hopes that the kindness of God would lead them to repentance. Father, we ask that you would do that in our midst tonight. I ask that you would take uh, my week. I ask that you would take my inability, my um, rambling, my everything, Father, that you would crucify anything that is not of the spirit of God and that you would speak through the word of God and use me, your servant. Father, I've arranged the wood. I ask that you would send the fire on the wood of this offering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I'm excited that you're here. Um, how many of you were here Sunday for the main service? Yes, no, pretty much some of you. How many of you didn't hear that question? You're like, what did he just say? And why are people raising their hands? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who you is. Okay, take your Bibles, please, um, and turn in them to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Ryan, how you doing? It's good to see you, man. Good to be here. Ryan's getting married. He doesn't hang out with us anymore. I'm kidding. We love Ryan. We miss you too. Are y'all good? Y'all having a crazy week this week? Yeah? Yeah? How many of you, uh, papers, finals, all that kind of stuff this week before the massive Easter holiday where you get one day off? No one? Okay. Awesome. First Corinthians chapter 15, we've been looking at the gospel. Last week we looked at... uh, we moved past the death of Jesus Christ to the burial and to the resurrection and then to the ascension. We started getting into the so what of the gospel. Okay, if Jesus died, if he was God's son, if he died on the cross, then that's great. That happened 2,000 years ago. What's the point for us today? And we looked, we kind of eavesdropped on a conversation between um, between two angels and uh, some of the followers of Jesus that said, "You'll you'll have power to be my witnesses um, in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth." And we kind of left with the cliffhanger of, "You know, are we are we those witnesses? If we have the Spirit of God inside of us, are we the witnesses of the gospel? Are we telling others what Jesus has done in our hearts?" And then on Sunday, we had this glorious, awesome display of the change that happens in a life. A brief statement, uh, if you haven't been here for the past couple of weeks, um, over in big church, I'm sorry, I have to call it that, we, we've been looking at, um, at some of, a, basically a character study of some people in the New Testament. In our series called Ripe, um, we had the woman at the well who was rejected and thirsty John chapter 4, Jesus came to her and she was radically changed. She believed, she went and told the city, the city came, and then the city believed as a result of her testimony. She, the woman who was looking for acceptance in all the wrong things, found acceptance in Jesus. She, the woman who was looking satisfaction through um, illicit sexual relationships with men that weren't her husbands and some of them were her husbands, she was finally satisfied from the well of Jesus Christ. Awesome. Then we, uh, these are all out of order, by the way, we jump to this crazy guy, the Ethiopian eunuch, and we won't talk about what a eunuch is, but how this guy who was far from God, had no hope from God, was still searching for God, looking in one of, what has been described as one of the most confusing yet theologically rich books of the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. This guy is reading it. He is um, trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening in Jerusalem, and then boom, there's some people there that explain the scriptures to him, explain Christ to him, and he says, hey, I believe it. What stops me from being baptized right now? Pull the chariot over. Let's do it. And he finds, he's searching for God, and he finally finds what he's looking for. He finds, he is found by God in the middle of a barren desert. Then we have uh, two individuals that have some crazy stuff going on in their lives. One guy loses his daughter. Another person with the issue of blood has been sick for years and years and years. Beyond belief, beyond hope, no hope in death, they believed and they were healed. And then over here we have someone who's barely surviving, they're needy, and then they are thriving and giving God the praise. You notice with all of these individuals, there was an action that took place. There was the, this is how it used to be, this is the difference. This is how it used to be, barely surviving, needy, and now this is what it looks like now. This is what their story was. This is what their testimony was. The searching for God was found by God in a pretty crazy place, not in Jerusalem, not in a church building, but in the middle of a desert. This person, these people beyond belief, beyond hope, Jesus came and they believed in him and they were healed in a miraculous way. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're talking, again, this all has to do with the gospel. That change of, if this was my cardboard testimony, that change where I flip it over That's a result of the gospel. And so it's a practical application of the gospel, and that is something to celebrate and something we're going to look at. How can that switch happen in a life today? How can that, though it happened 2,000 years ago, even before the cross, how can that same thing be wrought about in a person's life who is far from God, who is searching for satisfaction through sex or drugs or through fame or through prosperity or through anything? Where can that satisfaction be found? What if you're beyond belief? What if you're in a crazy place and you're far from God and you don't know how to find him and you've come to this church and you're like, you know, there's this spiritual thing going on. How do I get to where God is? How do I get that switch, that flip moment in my life? How do I go from being defeated? How do I go from being desperate? How do I go from being... Um, just depressed all the time to a life that is thriving from a barren wasteland to a rich vineyard? How do I do that? And that's what we're gonna look at tonight. You're in 1 Corinthians 15, and I've just spent a long time introducing what we're gonna talk about. How can a man be saved from his sin and the judgment he justly deserves? I love 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you know anything chronologically about the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the gospels. All the stuff afterwards tells us, basically interprets the firsthand accounts for us. This is the gospel. This is Jesus's life over here in the epistles. The so what? This is how it's supposed to be lived out in your life today. If Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he did and all of that stuff happened, then how does that impact my life practically today? We get to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Now I make known to you, the I here is Paul, I make known to you, brethren, what's he make known to them? The gospel. Everybody say that for me. The gospel. That's a really important word right here. Uh, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. The gospel, tell me, he tells us some more about the gospel in that verse. Shout it out. What's he say about it? The gospel... Which I, who's the I? Paul, the gospel which Paul preached to you. Who's the you? The church at Corinth. If you don't have your Bible, this would be a great time to get out your Bible and we have some in the back if you need some uh, because you're going to be lost and just sitting there uh, not knowing what we're talking about because we're talking about the Bible. The gospel which I preached to you, what else? Okay, before that, what else? The gospel, look at it, it came to them, it came, and what did they do? They received it. It came to them, they took it in, they received it, and what happened as a result? Now they stand in it or on it. Okay, so it came, question, this is where we jump to application. Has the gospel come to you in the past nine, ten weeks? As you think about your life within the church, within Christianity, has the gospel come to you at some point? Yes. In what form, fashion has that happened? Preaching. What else? Testimonies. Actions. The word. All of these different things, like once... Oh, yeah, remember that time in 1997 when the gospel came right on. That was awesome. Like one time? Five? Regularly? Okay. Ten? Hundred? Anybody want to take a guesstimation if we had the jelly beans up here? Guess how many jelly beans? How many gospel jelly beans have been in your life over the past, how old are you, 30, 25, 18 years? Hundreds? Some of you like Five? Varying degrees, right? But has the gospel come to us? Okay, there's a linear timeline here. Gospel come to us. Can we agree? Yes, the gospel has come. Okay, then what was the second thing? Received. What's that mean? Accepted it. it. What else? Give me some other synonyms. Huh? Made Made it a part of you lived in it, dwelled in it, stayed there, it's come to you, you've received it, and not only, I love how this progression happens, you not only received it, what's the third? Now you take your stand on it. You were far from God. Now, Jesus has made a way for you to be restored. You were enslaved to sin, but Jesus has set you free. The chain breaker has set you free from sin, and you no longer live in sin. You're dead to sin and alive to Christ. You take your stand. I had nothing to do with it. God moved, and by faith, I receive what God has done on the cross. I take my stand on that. Life and death situation there. Okay, let's keep going. He continues to unpack this. By the way, this was a church that had some crazy stuff going on, a lot of immorality, people sleeping around, a lot of craziness with idols, um, basically living like hell on every other day of the week, but on Sabbath day, oh, we're going to take our sacrifices to God. Corinthianizing was a bad term. Oh, those people are just Corinthianizing. That means they were living like hell, and they knew it was wrong, and they didn't care. So Paul, in this letter, is sending them like a verbal punch in the face, punch in the gut. What the heck are you doing? Remember the gospel, okay? So he's done that for the first 15 chapters, and now he's coming back to it again and says, verse 2, preached, received, stand, verse 2. By which, by the gospel, what happened? Okay, so we got, it came to them, preached, they received it. They stand in it, and then what? They were saved. By which you are saved. Uh Uh-oh. This is going to mess with your theology a little bit. What's the next word? If. Now, let's talk about if statements. What's, What's it mean if there's an if in there? Conditional, okay. I love you if you weigh 100 pounds and work out every day, and have a fake and bake tan, and shop at this store, and da, da, da. Ladies, what would you say? Is that love? No, okay? Give me another if statement. If you're confused on that, talk, about, talk to me later about it, okay? What else? Give me another if statement that you've heard of maybe recently. If, okay, I love you, or what's your starting point? I love you if you do what I want, Okay? We can even do that with God. God, I love you if you take me from being single to married. Uh oh. Okay. What else? Give me one more. Yes, I just did that. And yes, that will be edited out, Kevin. What else? One more. Huh? Mixtape. Mixtape. Oh. Moving right along. What else? Help me out. Give me one more if. If you do what? That's the point. We're trying to unpack that. If you buy this pill, you will lose 8 million pounds and look like Jillian from Biggest Loser. Is that going to happen? That's a crappy if statement. Not going to happen, right? Do we get it? Okay, so take this back to the text, please. Preach to you. What happened next? Oh, I like that. I'll receive it. Not only am I going to receive it, I stand on it firmly rooted and grounded in the gospel. If those things happen, I move to the next by which you are saved. Saved from what? What do I need saved from? Hey, Corinthianizers, you need to be saved from the sin that is still indwelling in you. It's been preached to you. You've received it. Da, 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 stand in it, saved. If, what's the if statement? Conditional. This is messes with people. If you death grip, you're falling off of a mountain, and you have one hand up there, Tom Cruise style, in that. Mission Impossible 2, I think it was. You are about to fall off if you hold fast to it. To what? To, say again, the word. What's the word that he preached? The gospel. If you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I, Paul, deliver to you as of first importance... What's it mean when he says first importance? The most important thing. I don't care what your worship style is. I don't care what your ethnic background is. I don't care what you're, if you're Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you grew up in the United States. I don't care if you're dealing with this or dealing with that. The only thing that really matters, the only thing, the root of all of your problems, the root of all of your sin issues revolves around... The first importance, have you received the gospel? First importance. It is paramount. It is the most important thing. I deliver to you of a first importance what I also received. There's no, there's no uh, arrogance here. There's no, uh, I'm better than you here. Paul's received it. He's given it to them. It's affected Paul. You know Paul, right? What happened to him? What was his name before? Saul, hey, I'm going to kill you. Oh, now I'm going to join you and be part of your team. Thank you, Jesus. Paul has received this, and now he's giving the same transformational. If Paul's testimony was killer of Christians, he turned it. Now one of the most used apostles in the whole bunch. The person who is taking the gospel, who is sent out, and is starting this forest fire of faith throughout all of the world at that point. Awesome. We like his. And go to verse 3. First importance. Well, what is the gospel? Here we go. Number one, that Christ died for our sins. Say that next phrase for me. Christ died for my sins according to... The scriptures, Genesis 3, Isaiah, all those things. Christ died for our sins. This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins. Not only that, but what else? Verse 4. Number 2, he was buried. He died. He didn't just die for our sins. It was finished. He was put in the ground. He was buried. And 3, he was raised. Resurrection when? On the third day, just in case you were confused about that, it's also according to the scriptures. Not only that, did he die, bury, raise again. What else happened? Then he appeared to Cephas or Peter, then to the twelve. After that, if that wasn't enough, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Most of whom, by the way, if you want to have a little problem with that, Paul's saying to the Corinthians, if you have a problem with that, most of those guys still remain now, and you can go talk to him and say, hey, did you see him? Yeah, I saw him. Most of them remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, and last of all, as it were, to one untimely born, he appeared to me, Paul, also. Okay, so two things, two important things from this text. Think about it. The gospel was Preached to them. What happened next? They received it. They stand in it. They're saved. Big conditional statement. If what? If they hold death grip. I'm going to die if I let go of this. If they hold fast to it. Okay? That's the progression. Then we have, okay, well, what is the gospel? They needed reminding of, reminder? They needed to be reminded of what the gospel was. The gospel is, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus appeared to this guy, that guy, oh, and by like 500 people at one time. In case you don't believe it, it's true. That's the gospel. Okay? Any questions? Let's look at it from a different angle. He says the same thing. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. You there? Is your iPhone there yet? The service is really bad in this room, so it might take you a while. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Same guy, same situation, except he's talking to the Romans a little bit later on in history. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for what? For the gospel of God. He was chosen for the gospel. The gospel, verse 2, which God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. We looked at that. We looked at Isaiah. We looked at some of the passages in Micah and other places. God promised it, we looked at Genesis chapter 3, concerning God's son, just in case we're confused, what's his name? Jesus, tell me about Jesus, this is all a part of the gospel, Jesus who, well he did die, what's it say before that? He was descendant of David, remember way back when, why was that important? He was king, he reigns, descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God. How was he declared son of God? Just in case you were confused, you know, Jesus said, I am and I'm the son of God. Just in case you were confused, when he rose from the dead, what did it prove? Jesus is God. He rose from the dead. Declared the son of God with dunamis Power, dynamite, wow, by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our our Lord. Go to verse 15. He he does some kind of introduction stuff in the middle there. So from my part, Paul, from my part, I am eager. What's he eager to do? Oh, that this would be our prayer. And this would be realized in my life, in your life. I am eager to what? Preach the gospel. Why am I eager to preach the gospel to those who are in Rome? Well, verse 16, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why is he not ashamed of the gospel? Because or for it, the gospel, is the dunamis, the power of God. What? The power of God for what? For salvation. The power of God for salvation to the ones who were born Jews? Not everyone. To all who believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm eager to preach the gospel. Why? Because I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because it's the power of God. For salvation. In 1 Corinthians, it was, I delivered to you what was of utmost importance, the gospel. Why? Because it's the only thing that can change you. I didn't deliver to you psychobabble. I didn't come to you with, well, we need to talk about this. You need to fix this first in order to receive the gospel. I didn't talk to you about Finances, I didn't talk about how to have a lasting marriage. I didn't talk to you about any of that. I came to you and delivered what was utmost importance, the gospel. Only God can change a life through the gospel. You want to have better finances? Yeah, it's in the gospel. You want to have a better marriage? Yes, it's in the gospel. Yeah, you want to have a better self-esteem? Well, first you have to realize that you're nothing to esteem. And then you realize what God has done in love, in the cross, and that is of utmost worth, that he has bought you with a price. That's major self-esteem, christ esteem in your life. Awesome. It's the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe? Okay. Now. This is great. This is beautiful. We love to see transformational stories. But what if we had a cardboard testimony of just the strata of normal church attenders? Uh, What has been described as Christless Christianity? What if we had their cardboard testimonies? What if we had some cardboard testimonies of, uh, Ooh, we won't go there. What was true about all these people that were up here that encountered Jesus? Transformation. Before? Flip after. Before? flip after. OK? Well, let's look at these. Uh, for ooh, sorry. for several years of my life, um, this was my testimony. I lived an immoral lifestyle. I was introduced to pornography when I was eight years old by an older brother an older brother who sexually molested one of my other brothers. Not a, not a happy place, not a great place, not a good time. Many of you have other stories. I, uh, I, I thought that I became a believer when I was six years old when I said, I believe in Jesus. But guess what? When I was eight, when I was 13, when I was 16, what do you think? I'm a believer. My cardboard testimony would look like this. It's just porn. I'm not sleeping around. I'm not having sex with anybody. I'm just porning it up. That was my cardboard testimony before this happened in my life. Before the actual Jesus has redeemed every part of my life and has set me free from sin, which happened when I was 17, by the way. That's mine. That's fun to tell. Uh, what What if this was it? I'm a backbiting gossip. What should be the big reveal on this one? I'm not picking on you. I'm not calling you a backbiting gossip. What should be the change? Don't look. It's wrong anyway. What should be the change? I don't talk about people. I'm an encourager. I speak the truth in love. I have speech that is seasoned with grace. I preach the gospel through the way I speak to people. Yeah. But yet in our Christless Christianity church, I'm just saying, I have a prayer quest. Chris can't hear us right now, but he's really dealing with this stuff. And you really need to pray for him. Let's pray. Have you ever been in that situation? Or I, ne- I really need to get some wise counsel from you because I have this issue that's going on. And, and it's really hurting me. And I'm so angry and so frustrated. And you know what? Why don't we talk about it too? Let's, let's, all, let's all talk about it. It's about Pam, but let's all talk. Will you all give, give me your counsel? I'm just saying right? Or, I can't really put all these up here. Woohoo! I try to numb my pain with alcohol or drugs. It's not an issue of when's one too many. I know when one is too many and I'm there all the time. But I've come to Christless Christianity Church and now just as I am, just as I am, I'm still just as I am. I'm just a social drunk. I just have a good time. I don't remember where I was last weekend or who I may have slept with, but I'm just it's a social thing. I'm building community. You talk to me about building community. Shut your face. I was slappy. Or my favorite. Man, I was selfish. I'm selfish before Christ. And now, what should be the difference? I'm selfless. Jesus became sin for me on the cross. So who am I to withhold or think that I'm of any worth or any value except for through the cross of Christ? But serving just isn't my spiritual gift. Tell that to Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, who humbled himself even to the death of the cross, who became a servant above all. Have you seen Christless Christianity Church before? Yes? Yeah? Where's the change? Where's the difference? Well, let me uh, skip past this one passage. If you're a note taker and you're like into this, which some of you are, write down this passage, um, Acts chapter 10, verse 36 through 43, and it's basically the same thing where Peter is preaching, um, I think it's Peter, I'm not really sure, I I didn't write that down. Um, Yeah, it is Peter. He is preaching, uh, basically sharing the gospel with some Gentiles who are far from God, and Uh, he gives an amazing gospel presentation. He doesn't become a seeker-sensitive person. He just preaches the full-on gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to them. And at the end of that, he says, uh, this one who God did all these things to, of him, Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that through Jesus' name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. I won't go there. Let me read some of these for you. That was the one I just did. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, this is obviously before he was on the cross, right when he started his public ministry, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Read the next, the next thing for me, please. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let me read A similar passage to you, Luke 13, verses 3 and verse 5. I, Jesus, tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Unless you have the true flip in your life that is the real flip, not my piece of junk flip, the real flip, not Christless Christianity flip, I tell you, verse 5, the truth. No, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Let me read one more for you. Acts 17, verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men that all people, this is after the cross, all people everywhere. Oops, I don't know what I just did. Praise the Lord, I did it again. There we go. All people, let me back up. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should, what's the word, should repent. Why? Verse 31. Because he, God, has fixed a day in which he, God, will judge the world in righteousness through a man, through Jesus Christ, whom he, God, has appointed. Having furnished proof, that he is the son of God to all men by raising him from the dead. Let me read several others to you. Or do you think lightly, Romans 2, do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? You might think that you have to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. That's not what we're saying here. God is the one that is the originator of repentance. Repentance. God's kindness, God's loyalty, God's wooing you is what leads you to repentance. Acts eleven eighteen 18 says the same thing. When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God saying, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Awesome. Well, that word repentance, you need to know what that means. And some of you do because you've been to youth camp. What's repent mean? 180? Change in your thinking. I like that. It's a Greek word that has a process involved where it starts with change of thinking. How would one, how would a drunkard change their thinking? If a drunkard is drunk, at all times drunk, how does he know that it's wrong to be drunk? What? Stop? How does he know he should stop? Who? A non-drunk? Or he could see some things in the Word of God. Conviction, of the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? Change of mind, well, why should I not get drunk? Reads the word of God, don't be drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, change of mind that leads to change of heart that then inside out leads to a change of behavior. I'm not telling you behavior modification is what Jesus is all about. I'm telling you, Jesus died to save, not only save you from your sins, but to get you out of your sins. Not just to forgive you of your sins, but to allow you to live a life of Jesus Christ where sin is an occasional thing, not a thing that you live in. Where sin is a, oops, I sinned, Jesus, thank you for dying for that on the cross. Go and sin no more, as he told the woman, Verses. well, I'm a drunk. Jesus, you died to redeem me from being drunk. Thanks. Where are we going this weekend? Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm a drunk. Please forgive me. Wednesday night. I'm a drunk. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Change your mind. Change your heart that leads to a change of behavior. Jesus, you say to him, you are king. I've tried to live life on my own. I've tried to do it my way, and it sucks. And I'm continuing in my sin. Now, Jesus, I give it all to you. Every part. Every stinking part. Let me read one more thing to you, and then we'll watch a short video and be finished. 2 Timothy 2, I love the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24. And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If, there's our big if, if the bondservant needs to be this way, So that those who are in opposition to him, if perhaps God may grant them repentance. What's repentance look like? Leading to the knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been held captive by him to do his will. Man, this... This type of cardboard testimony sucks. It's crap. It's total crap. Christless Christianity Church stinks. This was hell for me. The duplicitous lifestyle. Pleasing people on one end, I'm just a porn addict. That's when I would compare myself to other people. But the glory and beautiful thing of the cross is I don't just compare myself to Ryan. That's not the point. I'm now comparing myself to holy God and his standard. And I realize I can't make it. And see, that was my problem is I thought that I could do it. If I try harder, didn't work. I had to die to that wrong thinking and realize that the true repentance, godly sorrow that leads to repentance Changes me as the Holy Spirit. I I come to the Lord. I believe. Jesus, have it all. You are Lord. You're not just forgiver. You are Lord of my life. Do it. Excavate my heart and make it clean. I remember when I wrote that down in July at a camp when I was studying the book of 1 John. Excavate my heart. Pull it apart. Rend My heart. And that's when the true cardboard testimony took place. I don't want Christless Christianity church. I want the true gospel because it is the power of God to salvation to all who believe. Some of you need the flip. Just keep the music up. Some of you need the flip. You need the turn. You need the Jesus has died on the cross and it should change the way that I live my life. It should be the power of God to salvation. It should be I've received it. I now stand on the gospel death grip hold. It is the only thing that I have. I ask you if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm not going to do the big, you know, altar call thing, but I, I will do the if you want the flip, if you want the change, if you want to stop living life like your God. I'm not saying all your problems will go away. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but I will say that a holy God will meet you through the cross of Jesus Christ if you say, Jesus, I believe that I am a sinner. I know it. We don't have to rehash it. I know you know me better than I know myself. You see the inner cesspool of my heart. Jesus, I've tried. To cover my sin, I've tried the flip on my own and it has not worked. I've believed that you'll forgive, but I don't believe, I haven't believed that the cross will change me. Man, if that's you, if that's where you've been these past 10 weeks as as we've been discussing the gospel, as we've been talking about, are you ripe? Why would you wait? Why would you continue to fight against God? Why would you do that? I'm not going to ask you to stand up if you need to talk to somebody. I'm not going to ask you to sign a card and wave it in the air and have a spotlight come on you. But I will ask Before you leave this room tonight, before we switch kind of weird into another gear where we have Rita's and we sit and chat, the gospel is of utmost importance. It is the only thing that is important. And if it doesn't have a hold of you and you don't have a death grip hold of it, and your feet are not firmly planted on the rock of Jesus Christ. We love you too much to let you continue to be deceived. So I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I, I want you, if you're that person, if you're in that mode, I want you to go and find someone that you trust, that can pray with you. You don't have to stay in this room. You don't have to... Whatever, go wherever, but get that person, talk to that person. If the change, if the flip hasn't happened, if there is not a difference in your life, based upon the authority of God's word, you are not a child of God. you can be through the cross through the gospel the flip can happen as it has happened to so many people in this room over the past six months god we come before you and we recognize you are the one that flips it your kindness leads us woos us beckons us to repentance Father, I ask that you would continue to lead others to repentance through your love, through your grace, through your mercy, but yet also through your justice and holiness and wrath. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the wounds that were ours that he bore in the flesh. We thank you for the power of God. We thank you that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, victorious over sin, death, shame, guilt, that that same Spirit resides in those who are children of God to cause them to be more than conquerors, co-heirs with Jesus Christ, victorious Father, I ask you continue to stir, continue to move, continue to woo people to salvation. I thank you that my only responsibility is to share the gospel. That I can't change a life. Only you can. So God, we ask you to continue to do that amongst our people, amongst those people that aren't here. We ask that you would do that in a mighty way on Friday and on Sunday. We ask that that your kindness would be seen, that perhaps, perhaps you might lead more to repentance that leads to life and allow people to realize that they are ensnared in doing the will of the evil one, as 2 Timothy says. Jesus, you're beautiful. The cross is beautiful. What you do in a life is beautiful. Thank you for the gospel. In the name of my rock, the one who has flipped this life. My deliverer, my strong tower, my sanctification, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Awesome. We are we are constantly having conversations centered around the gospel. We're constantly seeing these lives that are being changed. We're seeing people that are awakened to the gospel. Uh, I, I would really ask if, if you are a child of God um, to pray like nobody's business this week. Um, God, we, we're entering into this season of, of Easter expectant and anticipating what God is going to do. It's not going to be a normal thing, and we're praying that God would start uh, a revival among us, Among our people, among this age group, most revivals that have had lasting impact have started within the 18 to 29 year range and it has poured forth over into other people. We're asking for God to do something like that and I ask that you would would walk with us in that road. We have a some things for you tonight. The Ritas guys here, yay! That's awesome. We love Ritas. Uh, Friday, 6:30. Uh, we're going to meet in our usual section. We're going to go out to eat. I think we decided on IHOP um, because we can get in and get out, and we have no idea how many people are going to come. Um, so IHOP, the one on 121 and Glade. Um, Sunday, we are having um, what do we call it now? Connection, not Sunday school. Um, We're having that. We're going to have a time of testimonies. We're going to have a time of worship. Um, We're going to celebrate the resurrection together. Uh, So that'll be a fun time. Yes, we will be having it. So um, remember that and tell your friends that. Love you guys. Chill, hang around for a while. If you need to talk to somebody, we're here. Uh, The community group leaders are here. The Sunday school, oh, I said it. The connection leaders are here. Um, all of us are here. We would love. It would be such a humbling privilege to have that conversation with you. Peace. Love you. Bye.